may I may have anticipated that slightly. I'm sorry. Anticipate. I, I really didn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> you're, you're the precog of clapping. You're <laughs> you're absolutely you're in the mind Sit, palace. When is this clapping? Sitting here come? in my vat. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what a, what a weird fucking film that was. Real truly. Yeah, like I don't think um yeah, I sort of like the uh, the early 2000s are a time I think we will look back on with greater and greater curiosity. Um <laughs> in terms of the cultural products we were churning out for cinema. Yeah, in terms of lots of things, I mean that uh the the really wide shorts, all of these things, you know, I think they'll all be they'll all be treated 9/11, all these things yeah. will be interrogated. Yeah. I think 9/11's probably aged the best out of um <laughs> It, that in the shorts, yeah, probably. I think no, the no, the big short, the big shorts are gonna come back. Well, maybe nine eleven. That's what it says in my crist in my crystal yeah. ball. The big shorts represent the two towers. In a, either like the in the billowy pants, sort of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they're like two large like oblongs. Can I ask you guys a question? Uh, please, because you both, yeah, I, can, I can ahead. see, I can see. Milo, to paint a picture for people, I can see Milo in a in a very fashionable jacket. I can't see a lot of what Phoebe's doing, but you strike me as a fashionable person. Mm. I have to go right. to an eighties themed birthday party tomorrow night. Okay, and mm-hmm. I just want to. I don't want to go out and basically buy anything, and I don't want to go as like a character. I just want to mm-hmm. go as like this is the eighties. This is so I'm thinking like mm-hmm. you can see I'm wearing an MTV t shirt. Oh, okay. So I feel like yeah, that scrapes yeah. by, mm-hmm. and I wear like a suit jacket. Over the top of this with the sleeves rolled up and high top oh, sneakers. Yeah. But what here is my question to you two. You're gonna go as Jason Mraz. <laughs> <laughs> but for a hat, take would a be. little ukulele with you. <laughs> um what what jeans did people wear in the eighties? That's what I that that's what I need to know. Oh. Well it was like quite straight, wasn't it? Because you couldn't get skinny jeans, of course, famously. Is is, is that famous well, no, Milo? You could, you could you could get dra- you could get drainpipe jeans in the eighties if you were like if you were still like a I guess like a kind of a rocker or a kind of late like revival teddy. I only have skinnies. I'm gonna have still to go out dra- and buy pants for this party. I don't know what the eighties jean shape is because mm. it's not like the kind of the nineties like mom jean. Exactly. In any way, that's like different. That's like different for dudes anyway. Mm. Presumably. Well, I got to tell you, Phoebe, that Dad a lot of jean. my googling on eighties jeans did throw up a lot of stuff for women but not a lot of stuff for men maybe people just wore whatever they wanted men were just naked bottom half in the 80s <laughs> that's what they were doing that's true that's why you don't see a lot of a lot of 80s films are very tightly framed <laughs> they are yeah yeah <laughs> that scene in the breakfast club where the teacher's yelling at them he's naked from <laughs> yeah. the bottom naked down. from <laughs> the pe- and it really does change the context <laughs> when you see it that way mess with <laughs> the ball very sinister stuff yeah so have we started yet by the way oh yeah we've started <laughs> Great. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We've definitely, we've definitely started. Don't worry. This is staying. No, I, the I, the podcast I do with Michael it has a similar sort of feel, and I, I was suddenly in the position of the, the guests that I reckon three guests out of five will say to us at some point, usually around this mark in the recording. Sorry, are we? Is this the show? We, is this it? <laughs> is, this, is this it? Is this are the we show? in the show right now? <laughs> And this is what people listen to, this part? We recorded anyway, with Michael yeah. yesterday and he said that we have absolute contempt for both the listener and the guest. Which oh, mate, <laughs> that's, that's what you want in a podcast, <laughs> exactly, I feel. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, like if we had respect for them, we would, we would you know, write, write plays or mm-hmm, direct films. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the lowest medium of them all and we are absolutely king maggots. Yeah. Atop a pile yeah, of wriggling. Just, just I want you to imagine it. if you were to try and write a play with the comparison, the 
beautiful comparison that you made at the top of the show between <laughs> billowy shorts and 9-11, y- y- uh-huh. y- you'd be laughed out of the theatre, not, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no one, no one would like you, that at you, all. But here, I mean, but here, I assume this is why I'm permanently mm. banned from the royal court <laughs> for your jester act. Can I tell you guys something um, which might affect mm. the recording? So okay. I'm recording this from yes. Australia. That's why I sound yeah. like. That's why my voice sounds. That's like that. It's actually just the connection. Um, Australians sound just like us, but the, it's yeah, the, the way that it's piped <laughs> in over the wires. Is- yeah, if you put it through that the filter of the internet, we, we end up sounding like we have brain damage. Because they're talking but, to the microphone um, upside down. That's the reason. <laughs> but so I'm doing this at about 7.30 mm-hmm. Australian time. And uh, my, my son, my three-year-old, is asleep downstairs. And uh, my wife isn't here. She's out to dinner. Mm. So uh, the, he has not done a shit. In three and a half days. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. This sounds like one of those yeah, now, freaky diets that they have now. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the human body mm. at all, but it, that needs to happen, especially with a toddler, pretty semi-regularly, like at least yeah, daily, yeah. I, I reckon. Okay. But okay. he just through sheer force of will has decided that he's not going to shit. And the, the last <laughs> time- grind set. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> Uh, the last time this happened, which was a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, he just, uh, my wife came downstairs to check on him at around about this time and he was muttering to himself, mummy, I just had the best dream where I was pooing and it was everywhere. So there is a chance that mm. uh, during the recording of this podcast, I'm going to sort of make a face like I've just smelled something and bolt out of the room. That's what that will be. That won't be okay. a fire. That will be a that will okay. it'll be a toddler shit related sort of emergency. Yeah. Okay. I like the way you said like the last time this happened, this was like a week ago. Because you made it sound like you're gonna say, This hasn't happened for like a year. <laughs> but no, this sounds like this is a relatively like going on shit strike oh. seems to be a relatively normal thing for your child. The thing about toddlers is they just you know you know comics who have gear and it's like they just keep having new bits of gear and it's like that's bad gear, man. Like just do something else or, or just, you know, like they don't know when to drop something. That yeah, is all yeah. a fucking toddler is. And right now his, his gear is not shitting. And he doesn't okay. realise that everybody's not on board with that. Yeah. He- also, he's a prop comic. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, I'm raising a prop comic. prop is shit. I'm not going to yeah. shit until there's a United Ireland, Dad. I've made my terms perfectly clear. Look, look. Strikes work. If strikes didn't work, then everyone would just be shitting all o- all over the it's place. It's a very good point. So, and he is doing sort of what, yeah. what is, I suppose, the the exact inverse of a hunger strike here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's organising. He oh, Marshalling his bowels. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. that's all the admin I have. Asked you about jeans okay, and told you, you about my son's poo. Thank you. Um, well, yes. we've we've made notes of both thank of those, you. and they are going straight to the that feds. Is, that is basically a Kramer plot line. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit for three days to make a point. Um, so, uh, hello and welcome to Masters of Our Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about Seinfeld, but primarily about the bowel movements of toddlers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Um, and this week, uh, we are joined all the way from Down Under by uh, mm. comedian Ben Jenkins from the Free to a Good Home podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, Very welcome. Oh, so it, was, nice. it was super fun to watch this episode. It was a good one, hey. I thought. 
Yeah. It's a it's it's su- it's such a good one. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to discuss yeah. it. Um so the episode we're talking about, the episode in question is season 5 episode 14, The Marine Biologist. The Marine Biologist. Sorry, I kind of burped halfway through that. Um I say keep that. It's Yeah. Keep it's the burp. real, man. It's all yeah, absolutely. We <laughs> we want the the magic of live podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's real Hannah Gadsby stuff yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ben. So just in case you didn't know, the back half of the podcast is really serious. Like, there's no jokes in it. <laughs> you, do that, you do that classic Gadsby twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is yeah. the, the net of podcasting. No jokes. Absolutely zero jokes. Hundred um, percent. She is our prime minister, so I would thank you to show some respect. I, okay. I about about once well, a week. Well, I'm, I'm an anti electoral. I'm an anti electoralist, oh, so I'm afraid uh, I can't yeah. do that. I always I always forget his name, but there was some there was an there was an Australian comedian who won the Melbourne uh, Comedy Festival Comedy Award and was going to Edinburgh the following August. And so there were, there were like a bunch of industry people in the UK were like fawning over him. They were like super excited, but they were all like doing bending over backwards to like organize his show and make sure it was in a good venue and everything. And then they were like, "What do you want to call it?" And he just straight facedly told everyone that he wanted to call the show Nanette too. <laughs> they were like, yeah, "That was <laughs> that was Sam Campbell, <laughs> or, or potentially Aaron Chen, one of those two. Yeah. And they were all like, "You absolutely cannot do that." <laughs> well, I was like, "Let him do it. Free this yeah. man." Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So you know that was good. Um. The the episode opens with a bit. Um, where uh, Jerry is he's going in on hard the concept of uh, nature shows on TV. Um, he's like, you know, you're watching the nature show and you're like, ah, oh, the African dung beetle has a life just like mine. He's like, you root for whatever the animal of the week is, the gazelle or the lion or whatever. You're cheering him on. I, I just, this is so like eldritch to me. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> I have to say that, uh, I, didn't, I don't know, Phoebe, I know you've watched them and, and Milo hasn't, but were yeah. you somebody who watched them as a kid? Or yeah, I started watching them when I was a kid. Yeah, She's so only like nine I'm now. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same, and that bit is one of those bits of Seinfeld, like that little bit of stand up that just burrowed into my head. And it's not like I ever quote okay. it or or consciously draw on it, but when I saw that mm-hmm. bit last night, I was mm-hmm. like, that's why I always fucking think that whenever I'm watching a nature documentary. <laughs> 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 you've got you've got a Pavlovian response to Seinfeld. Yeah, bits. exactly. Yeah, Seinfeld's ringing his little I bell. I don't think it. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad bit. I think it's like it's it's very of its time mm. because uh, nature shows now are far more like compartmentalized and kind of segmented. Yeah. So they mu- they're much more like divided into regions. So like one week you've got like the desert. Yeah. Next week you've got like mm. creepy creepy weird fellas under the sea. Love those ones. Yeah. Like they, they don't really do like like kind of like v- like royal variety shows anymore. There's not really any kind of like oh check it's got the lion, it's got check the gazelle. Out some fucking animals. We <laughs> check taped. out all this shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> look at the yeah look at these look at these fucking animals. We don't really do that anymore. Like right everything is much more like video kind of camera, just like well. But that's so. But Phoebe, that's like I I often think this. It's like and again I I feel like it might be the internet's fault. Where mm. like if I want to see what a rhino looks like, there is never in the history of humanity been a better time to to find out what a rhino looks like. You know what I mean? Mm. Like 200 years ago, you had to like go to a museum where you saw some like Mm. 
freak who just sketched it from memory and it's wrong. Yeah, yeah we sent this pedophile ha- to Central Africa <laughs> and he came back <laughs> with a number of drawings, most of which we can't exhibit here, but one of which is exactly. a rhino. But honestly, like if you, if you, even even in yeah, 200 years ago, 100 years ago mm. maybe, you'd be fucked if you wanted to know what a rhino looked like. Now, Google, mm. rhino, there it is. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. nature documentaries, the, the kind that were around when this episode was taped, was sort of in an era where, like, it was just like, hey, you don't know, you don't know what a, a lion running around looks like. Look, we go on on film. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you th- do you think this was taped two hundred years? I ago? I do believe that. So yeah, <laughs> it I does do believe sometimes this feel was- that way. <laughs> occasionally, yeah. occasionally. Um, I, I think this is a I very unemployed I, I, still, bit. I still like I, I still like seeing like films of rhinos like mm. like I know I know I know what a rhino looks like but I never get sick of seeing a rhino films of rhinos makes it sound sort of faintly pornographic <laughs> look, rhino right, films like a, flashing neon sign yeah way like i don't have like mm. a, a special like guy that i go to yeah, to get my rhino, rhino films I, I think what a strangely specific guy. denial um <laughs> <laughs> i definitely don't go to a back alley every wednesday evening and meet a guy in a trench coat who gives me snuff films with rhinos in them i don't i don't even know why who would do that what sort of person would spend every wednesday evening doing that um Look, Marlon, you you claim you claim that you know me. You know that I would never watch a snuff film of a rhino. No, that's true. Yeah, no, you'd you'd be too you'd be it's too really- upset even to think of a rhino being faintly miffed. Yes, I yes I would. <laughs> yeah, you can you can describe a completely imaginary animal being faintly upset to Phoebe, and it will upset her. <laughs> I do think though that like this is- it, it it is a good bit. But when I was watching it last night, I was thinking like, man, he works hard. Like mm. in, in in selling these bits, like he really puts his whole little self into it. Yeah, he's yeah. G- he's going for it. He's a salesman. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, de- he definitely does. But like, I th- I feel like his uh, fondness for the nature documentaries and his keenness that the that the lion doesn't let the gazelle use its speed that feels genuine to yeah. me. Like I don't think you can fake that kind of sincerity. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think that um well the, the, this has that that kind of a, a tinge to it that a lot of, a lot of comedians have these bits where they're sort of bits that are primarily comprehensible to other comedians because like you can just tell that Jerry Seinfeld spends a lot of time sitting around watching nature documentaries when other people are at work. <laughs> <laughs> and has this like you know when you're spending your entire Thursday watching nature documentaries back to back. Well, what yeah. you can't see is in the audience Andrew Dice Clay being like he's such a pro. <laughs> that's what you can't. That's what they don't show you. <laughs> that's correct. Um, so we uh, we open in the apartment. Um, uh, Jerry is enthusiastically talking about how he's had this uh, t-shirt for six years. He calls it the Golden Boy. It's his favorite uh, t-shirt, but it's now losing its color. Um, and he keeps going on about how much he loves this T-shirt. And I've just written down, but Jerry is always wearing shirts. I've never seen yeah. Jerry wear a T-shirt. That, that, thought, that thought did occur to me in that bit where mm. I was like, I think when he's like sleeping, you see him wearing a, a T-shirt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for definite. Also, I kind of feel like he wears T-shirts as maybe like lingerie. <laughs> so you don't oh. so you don't see Golden Boy yeah, as his favorite. Just, just it's T-shirts. his favorite bra. Nothing underneath and a mm. pair of sneakers. Yeah. That's the it's, yeah. that's the 80s sexual way. Yeah, the t-shirt's actually <laughs> yeah. satin. The, the Jerry likes shot? to feel like against 80, his nipples. 90, 96? Earlier, I think. This was I sp- yeah, it's earlier. 94. I think this was like 94, yeah. 95. Yeah, so you know um, what in- I found interesting mm-hmm. about the Golden Boy thing is that like structurally, I reckon there's a scene missing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because 
it opens the episode and it's a very funny bit. So it earns its keep, but like this period of Seinfeld, everything is so fucking tight and everything always comes back and everything always interacts. And you mm-hmm. don't hear about golden boy until the close, like the closer, like uh, the post credit sequence. And mm. like, yeah. it gets, it gets mentioned and then you just, it never comes back. So I reckon there's like mm. something yeah, that they either yeah. never shot, but wrote or that they shot, mm-hmm. but took out to get to 22 minutes. But yeah, mm. that really struck me because like everything else in, especially from season five onwards is just crazy plotted, like crazy tight. Missing plot line where Jerry yeah, ends up in a wet it- t-shirt contest in the middle of the no, episode. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because even their like even their like kind of offhand conversations, which are nothing to do with the plot, they're still like they're still like self-contained. Exactly, they're still, yeah. Like, their own mm. little plot. Like it feels like an offcut from maybe another episode where they're just like, we really like this stuff. We yeah. really like this, but it's not enough to turn it into its own storyline. Mm. So why not just kind of like just put it in like in and around another it's show, one, another. It's episode. one of the things that I actually really love about like what watching Seinfeld, being a bit older now, and 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 thinking a little bit more about how stuff's made, but like there's stuff there that like for all their kind of curmudgeonliness as personalities that Seinfeld and Larry David just so clearly have in the show because they fucking love it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there are so many moments where it's like, this one's for us. Um, the, what I'm thinking yeah, of like is the, the story. That, women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, there's that, there's yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. It's really inspiring to see Jerry Seinfeld, um, you know, r- realize that dream of, yeah, of yeah. being on screen with a lot of sexy women. Do you know what I noticed the other day watching 30 Rock? I think in a nod yeah. to that, Liz dates a series of wildly attractive men throughout that whole series. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, like, I think, I agree with you. I think it's entirely deliberate. I think she's, like, awarding yeah. herself hot men. Yeah. Like, she's, like, she's, pu- she's pulling the, she's pulling the Seinfeld yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I think that no, I think that's that's absolutely right. Uh, Milo has also never seen Thirty Rock, right. so, oh, really, uh, which I find which I find extraordinary. Is that potentially the next? I mean, you're on season five now. You have got four left. Yeah, I would like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't reject that as an idea. Yeah. We've been talking about doing Curb. I mean, there are so many. So many requests have been made. Someone made a really cursed request that we do Family Guy, which I mean, oh. honestly, it would be funny. But I think there's already a podcast that does that. Um, mm. And also, I'm not doing it. <laughs> sure, I mean that that seems so, to, that seems to be the fly in the ointment there. Yeah, I'm not the, doing Phoebe's it. refusing yeah. to do it. It would be such a jarring <laughs> shift in tone. Um, but yes, look, uh, the- look, your kid is not the only person who can go on strike. <laughs> Phoebe will not shit. I will refuse to shit if you make me watch Family Guy. That's that's actually a Family Guy episode. What- Everyone refuses to shit as part of a competition. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the that's the contest, but on Family yeah, Guy. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys done that one yet? I can't remember when that's it, when that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have. It's three, three, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really surprisingly early. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm amazed. They, I'm still amazed. So they got away with it. Elaine is announcing that she's uh, secured this uh, Russian rider Yuri Testikov, who was like in the Gulag, to come over and work on his book with their uh, publisher. Um, and they're picking him up from the airport in a limo. And then they have this, like, you know, seemingly disconnected conversation where uh, Jerry is convincing Elaine that the original title for War and Peace was actually War. What is it good for? And in my notes here, I've written Phoebe. Look, all right. I, I would never come up with so base an invent a fiction as that. <laughs> like, my, fi- my fictions are are complex and have the but are you somebody who that's obviously just stupid are you somebody who does that a lot 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, to the extent where if Phoebe tries to tell you a fact that is true but is just like weird and doesn't seem plausible, no one believes her because she <laughs> yeah, tells so many lies about I, things. Oh, Phoebe, I am so with you on this. I love doing that. I've, I've, I've built a rod for my own yeah. back with this, you know, unfortunately. A couple of weeks ago, and I think uh, this is a former guest on your podcast, Demi Lardner. Oh, um, yeah. M- me and Demi were hanging out. And we were talking about um, fucking, what's the, oh, God, I'm having this mind blank. The lady who used to put babies in pumpkins. Um, was this in Australia? Oh, like the photographer woman? <laughs> yeah, the photographer. Um, I, I vaguely and, heard about this. And Gettys. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> what do you mean she used to put babies in she pumpkins? She wasn't baking you know, them. You'd, what? <laughs> <laughs> she'd like get a baby, hollow out a pumpkin, uh-huh. whack the baby in there, take a photo. That's January. And then yeah. she'd get a baby. It's not like the lid of the pumpkin on its head or something, you know. Why? Because I, Why? I think this is again like a late 90s, early 2000s thing where the culture was just in a, <laughs> in a funny old place. Mm. And that's what like. Real, real state of flux. Yeah, that's what everybody's. Bilby, you know. <laughs> exactly. Baby in a pumpkin. That's what everybody's auntie wanted. They wanted a, an Ann Gettys calendar or an Ann Gettys print. Mm-hmm. Where the baby on, on asleep in a, in, a, in a fucking, I don't know. Graveyard? No, probably not. <laughs> mm. It was all, the, that's the circle of life. <laughs> it was all very cute, but anyway, uh, Demi asked me whatever happened to her because those calendars really dropped off, mm-hmm. and I said she died in nine eleven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then just moved on, and then mm. about like fifteen minutes later, I was like, I. Don't think this will come up again in your life, but I just need you to know that that was untrue. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you go around telling people that Anne Getty started 9-11. That's why we don't have the baby calendars anymore. I'm so surprised that, Phoebe, you don't know who Anne Gettys is. Maybe this is an Australian thing. I think it might be. I'm going to look up some of these these pictures. Please please do continue. Yeah, Um, yeah, like, like, like telling completely harmless lies is... It's like it's free fun. Yeah. I don't know why more Cost, people don't do it. Costs you nothing, Phoebe, and you'd get exactly. you'd you get nothing. a little bit you, of joy. No, you know what the best one is? This is the absolute best one. This is this is I'm giving this to you as a gift. Uh-huh. Every time you go past a graveyard, you say, you know, that's where Sherlock Holmes is buried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. It succeeds like ninety percent of the time. You will you would not believe how many people go. What really? Before they go, oh well, no, wait. <laughs> Wait, Wait no. Sherlock <laughs> no, no, no. Holmes was cremated. It's <laughs> in one of the books. Sherlock Holmes died at sea. Yeah, but like Lord Byron. Um, uh, and so, uh, Did Lord Byron die at sea? Yeah, he died. He was on his way to fight in the Greek Civil War and he died of sepsis on his way there. Uh, no, I know he was like super obsessed with Greek independence. Mm. I also know he had a pet bear, but I didn't know he died yeah. at sea. Did you guys know while we're talking about Sherlock Holmes not being real? Mm. Do you guys know anything mm. about Arthur Conan Doyle? Um, Academia? No. No, I know that he believed in fairies. Yeah, well, he lost his mind toward the end and became like a spiritualist. But yeah, and um, and started believing in fairies. Yeah, big time, big time. He was like, you know, that famous photo of like the little girl with the cardboard fairies, and it's just like obviously like some fairies drawings of fairies that are like placed around her. Mm. He was like, well, this- oh yeah, the, thi- the 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 picture that the fairies faked in order to trick yeah. people into thinking <laughs> yeah. that yeah. they the didn't moon exist. Landing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I yeah. know. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he was like yeah. he kind of toured that around the country, being like, "This proves it." Anyway, point is, in the scholarship <laughs> of Arthur Conan Doyle, there are two schools, right? And they like there's a schism. 
They're called the Holmesians and the Sherlockians. I can't remember which one is which, but that's what, that's what their names are. <laughs> Already, <laughs> this not, is great. I'm not doing a Phoebe. This is this okay, is 100% right. true. Um, but basically, the let's say they're called the Sherlockians. They're just normal people who, who just treat Arthur Conan Doyle like an author and they study his work and they write essays on it. And I don't, I don't know what academics do, but they do that, right? The Holmesians engage in what they call the great game, which is they know that this isn't true, but in all of their writings and all of their research, they pretend that Sherlock Holmes was real. What? Okay. <laughs> so so they they're like, American. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so they like, they like start from the premise that John Watson was his literary agent and that like these things are true, uh, are true, um, Stories. Anyway, the point of all this is there's an essay by David Grand called The Devil and Sherlock Holmes where he uh, follows these two camps and while he's writing this essay, one of the people in the camps who is about to get their hands on uh, a rare bit of Conan Doyle kind of like, I don't know, some correspondence or whatever, is killed in a locked room mystery. Ooh. 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 Anyway, academics are freaks. I don't know why I brought that up. (laughs) I do actually... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add this to my uh, to my roster of like stuff to tell people. It's better than like cornering people at parties and saying like, "Did you know that Doctor Urker was a Nazi?" Yeah. Because like, <laughs> there's there's not really an answer to but, that. Uh, but you know, the frozen pizzas are fine. <laughs> the, the Nazi science that's going into he was an Operation Paperclip guy. They had to bring him over to improve <laughs> I, frozen I pizza know. technology. I kind, of, I, I kind of feel like of all Nazi science, I kind of feel like frozen pizza is quite kind of harmless. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you can keep them occupied doing that. Yeah, exactly. Then that's probably okay. Noise the Italians, so even better. You know, <laughs> it's it's really it's a win win, I think. You know. Let's um let's rehabilitate. Milo the Nazis. doing a rare Milo doing a rare gotta hand it to the Nazis there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Milo, I, I I I told you I'd be happy to appear on this podcast on the very strict condition that you at no point handed it to the Nazis. <laughs> Was, we can't make pretty, those kind of promises, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, so George comes in and he's doing a Jack Nicholson, few good men, you can't handle the truth impression. This never oh, comes yeah, that's up That's another again. thing that doesn't come back, yeah. Yeah, he says he's working on his Nicholson. Um, and he starts saying about... Can you do a Nicholson, Milo? Um, no, I've, ne- I've never dialed it in. I, 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 I can't even really hear Jack Nicholson in my head. Prefer the top or the bottom. You can. Yeah, that's that's kind of Jack Nicholson like that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's not um, bad. Yeah, 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 no, that's not bad. Like, all I had was something from The Witches of Eastwick, which I don't think is like, it's not what comes into your head when you hear Jack Nicholson. It's not iconic Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not iconic <laughs> Jack Nicholson, but it's all I could think of. <laughs> I I always have a lot of fun doing people who are like very hard to impersonate because they have just like nondescript voices like Michael Douglas. <laughs> Hey, hello, I'm Michael Douglas. It's <laughs> a pretty good Michael Douglas. Those it's, are a, it's it's a it's a it's a really good Michael those, Douglas. Like what? <laughs> those are the best impressions, though. When you're like, oh yeah, they do be like that. Have you ever romanced a stone? <laughs> Let me tell you, I got throat cancer from eating my wife's pussy, and it damaged my voice irreparably, making me more vulnerable mm-hmm. to impersonation. <laughs> You're straying into Vincent Price there. Ah, ah, ah. Right, so... Um, 
That's that's the count. Yeah, fine. Look, all roads lead to the count eventually. If you impersonate, <laughs> if you do enough count. impersonations, you yeah. end up at the count. I've yeah. heard that. You go via Ehud Barak, you end up at the count. Um, so George is then talking about how his mother reads his mail. Um, he he says that she says that she's curious. Jerry's like, isn't that against the law? And he's like, maybe I could have her locked up. Um, <laughs> and he has a genuine moment of consideration there, which I enjoyed. Um, Elaine is reading the alumni magazine from Jerry's college. I don't know if it specifies which college it is. Um, and there, there's like a profile of Jerry in there where it's like, uh, he had a pilot for an NBC sitcom called Jerry, which wasn't picked up. Um, which is another very funny thing to include in a, in a profile. Um, meanwhile, in the corridor, uh, Kramer gives Elaine, uh, an electronic organizer which he got for opening a new bank account. Um, th- this is like a powerful 90s time capsule, like getting a little gift Absolutely. when you open a bank account. I can remember this, um, like particularly like children's bank accounts, like opening those in the 90s, yeah. you'd get like a, I, I don't know, like um, like one of those things I where you, like, you, rolled, you rolled coins into it and it sorted them into stacks. Oh, that's cool. No, I yeah. just got a fucking ruler with a hologram on it. Oh, damn. <laughs> you would go to some cheap <laughs> bank, you know. Yeah, and oh, you'll never draw a wonky line again, Ben. <laughs> That's the key to good financial management is a straight line. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one day you'll beat your children with this ruler and make sure that they also <laughs> look after themselves. Um, <clears throat> uh, and so then back in the apartment, uh, George uh, calls a whale a fish. And then uh, Jerry's like, it's a mammal. And then George is like, where'd you get this new tape recorder from? And then Jerry's like, oh, I opened a new bank account. So they're going, they're going in on the bank account free gifts. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have a different bank or whether like, the bank just offers a, like, a real selection. There's a suite of, of, of noisy products. Yeah, it's like a Happy Meal, you know, you can have. <laughs> <clears throat> so Kramer comes in and he's like, do you want to have some fun? I've got 600 golf balls. Um, let's go sh- like, hit them into the ocean. And then Jerry and... That does sound yeah, fun. That does sound fun. I don't know if I mean like it sounds like like a deeply ruinous and irresponsible behaviour, but it does sound fun. I don't know if you guys like have discussed this. You must have because you're up to season five. But like something that occurred to me watching this episode and specifically that scene when Kramer mm. bursts in and asks who wants to have fun, is that like and this isn't a criticism because for some reason it works, but like yeah. basically Every member of the core cast of Seinfeld is in a different show. Like they're per- mm-hmm. per- like performance-wise, it is insane. It's either like the studio director is either the greatest director in the world or just wasn't there. Like <laughs> think about th- think about like Frank Costanza's performance. Like it is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And he's only in like, mm-hmm. you know, he's in he's not in every episode. Kramer's in every episode and he's doing something completely different to the other three actors and it works. Yeah. Just, uh, what if yeah. we have one guy who's just always knocking stuff over? <laughs> well, well, Kramer is like, Kramer's like the kind of the, the chaos strife element. He's like Eris hovering mm. at the corner of the painting. He's playing Absolutely. the nose like flute. He's a, like, he's a, like he's a necessary element. He's the tickle in the sneeze. Mm. I like that. The tickle in the sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. Um, and so yeah. then Jerry and George are just like, they're going to go for lunch instead. Um but Jerry says he needs to get cash. Jerry's at the ATM uh, and he encounters this woman from college, Diane. And then she's asking what happened to George. Um, and then Jerry sort of panics and he says he became a marine biologist. 
pretty good. But like, Milo, does he panic? That was that's my question. Like, is he doing? No, see, I don't think he's he doing a Phoebe, no, basically. Th- <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I I always took this as like him doing a rare like performance of actually being like a pretty good friend because this woman's going on about what a goof off and a loser Costanza always was. And so he's like trying to defend him. He's like, no, actually he's yeah. now a marine biologist. Well, that's what I mean. I think he's intentionally like, trying to defend him, but I think how he comes up with marine biologist is like faintly a panic. He's like, shit, I've got to come up with the job that George does. Cause she's, cause he's sure. like, oh, he's had a, like They've he's done just a few things or whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, like what? Mm-hmm. And so then- <laughs> But it's an interesting <laughs> choice because by the next scene, if he does feel bad or panicked about dropping George in this, there is no evidence of that. He is completely serene <laughs> yeah, about oh this yeah, thing no. he's done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely like he's absolutely chill with it, which is why it's like it's so it's like doubly offensive when George says, "I'm not a marine biologist," and he says, "Yes, I know that." It's yeah. like, Look, okay, you have got no call whatsoever to be up on your high horse with your "Yes, I know that" yeah. because this is a situation that you have created. Yeah, there's, there's a very nice tension in that scene in the cafe where he's like, Jerry's like, "Yeah, I saw this woman that you." fancy i gave her your number she's gonna call you and, and then joe george is like if you're kidding around i swear to god and he's like expect a call there is one issue i may have said that you were my marine biologist like, why would you now, from say- memory milo that line reading actually takes about 45 seconds yeah <laughs> from there is one issue in marine biologist like he really drags that just a small issue yeah. and then george says that he didn't even know that was a job which is um very good um, which I think is something we can come back to later because I think there's <laughs> the, bo- the moment on the beach is a bit strange in that regard. Um, and so then uh, we get a scene of George on the phone to Diane where he's like saying uh, algae oh, and plankton, <laughs> of course. Just <laughs> a good little bit of uh, out of context. I like the idea that she's like asking him a bunch of really detailed questions about marine biology because that's what you would do if like if someone told you you're a marine biologist, you would just go like, huh. Cool. You'd be like, okay, so tell me what the best like skates are. Rate them. Rate the skates but it also, from five to one. But it also seems like the question that she's he's answering is what do whales eat? Like, it's, just a, it's just such a funny thing for someone to just immediately ask someone after not seeing them for twenty years and discovering they're a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, your first response is, "Wow, I bet whales eat a ton. What, what, like, what are their favorites? Like, what are their favorites?" Test snacks? this out. Yeah, name your top three <laughs> marine animals. Um, I think I think what is interesting about Diane is this gives you because you know, like we talk about this like quite a lot how you're deliberately not supposed to have any idea how old these people are. Mm, so whenever mm. whenever you get shown somebody who is like not part of the core friendship group, who's just like part of their kind of other lives, that gives you a kind of window into actually how old they're supposed yeah. to be because Diane looks like a woman in her like mid, late 30s. And so like through deduction and analogy, you're like, oh, okay. So they must also be in their like mid to late 30s. Yeah. And then you see how they're carrying on and you think, no, well, they can't be. They, they, they can't Then you see how some be. people in their mid to late 30s carry look- on and you're like, oh, maybe. I was going to say, and then I look at my own life and then I go, oh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe they are. Yeah, I'm sure maybe this has been covered by a previous <laughs> guest, but the realisation, I'm 35, and the realisation that I'm about the same age as them was a very sobering one. <laughs> <laughs> the same age as them and I still I don't was, look I, like JLD. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I, re- I re-watched my best friend's wedding not that long ago. Why'd you have a tape um, of that? I had... Sorry, I was I was doing a bit he about you doing, just having a, a video tape of your best friend's wedding. Yeah. Oh, 
I see. <laughs> like you just see. been do, like no, no, body camming no, 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 it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got no, no, no. Go I, I have a separate Twitch stream. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's like I kind of hold the camera like kind of under the table so that to get a really kind of just like to really look at wedding people's crasher knees. Twitch stream. I, like, I have a whole a kind of bit. like like knees at weddings that's like my whole deal no in my best friend's wedding there's a whole bit about her talking about how like oh you know and now i'm never gonna meet anyone and like and i'm old and i'm never gonna get married and he and i promised that we'd marry each other if we got to this disgusting old age without without being married and she's like 28 years old (laughs) she's basically a baby Um, and it's the same thing in friends. Like there's all this stuff about them all being like stressed about not being married when they're 28 because friends is a show about the suburbs set in New York. Uh, that's interesting. And Seinfeld is a show about the seventies, seventies, New York set in nineties, New York. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. Oh, that's not like that. that the seventies thing. That's not my observation. That's been like that's been said before. Yeah, because like, basically Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, and Larry David lived together in New York in the seventies, and so like it's the show is set in the nineties, but like kind of the experiences they're drawing on are all from the seventies, which is why it has this weird like out of time because they're always like driving places and like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like yeah, it, it, it you know has this very seventies feel. You know what's weird? Somebody pointed out to me a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld is shot in L.A. Yeah, of course it is. But like, occasionally there'll just be like cars with California license plates (laughs) and stuff like in the like. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that is. I mean, to be honest, like they could have shot it in New York. I I feel like I feel like in America they do make TV shows in New York. I mean, they make more in LA. Um, Yeah, and it's just it's just a studio, it's a studio show, and they mm. use outdoor sets. But yeah, I just because we were talking about Curb, and I was like, oh, it's funny that like you know Curb is such an LA looking and feeling show mm. uh and you know obviously seinfeld was new york and my friend was like no it wasn't i mean it's meant to be but it was probably shot down the road from where the shot curve <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um yeah. it's, it's it's strange it's like a weird like know, maybe the concept thing. of studios is stranger to me than other people do you know that interstellar was shot entirely on earth kind of chart I know I appreciate this kind of childlike wonder. Mm. We don't often get that in our guests. It's like, no, 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 I appreciate it. I think it'd be quite funny if a if like a sitcom was shot like like now when places are like much cheaper to film in. So like a sitcom like set in New York, but it's like shot in Malta or like Croatia. Like I think that oh, would yeah. be funny. I mean, quite plausible to be honest with you. Or these days, probably more likely like Vancouver. Well, no, I was going to say Australia, man. We're oh, really? we're getting like all like it's funny because only Australians really notice it, but like. Australia is, is is a stand-in for fucking everywhere now. Partly because we didn't have a lot of COVID and they couldn't shoot in like America, okay. and and mm. partly because we like give people outrageous tax breaks to shoot here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Australia has just become that a stand-in for like so many different countries now. Mm. I mean, it's hard as well because Australia is <laughs> such a like distinctive-looking country. Like an episode <laughs> know, of Seinfeld, right? there's just like a kangaroo <laughs> hopping across the set. You know. Like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do they ever mention Australia in Seinfeld? Have they yet, Milo? Because you, you have the freshest eyes. Um, I, I don't think I've encountered a mention of Australia. Apart from, of course, Jerry's classic Chica Rolls bit. You know, that's... The <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a whole bit What's about the, the Anne Getty's uh, pumpkin calendar. Why would you need a sausage at the tool store? <laughs> 
By the way, I've just looked up some of these uh, baby pumpkin mm. pictures. They are the most horrifying <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. A- these look like these look like the illustrations from like 19th century German fairy tales. <laughs> it's a good thing she They're died horrible. in 9/11 then, isn't it? I mean, yeah. good riddance. <laughs> yeah. She was one, one of the hijackers actually. Like, <laughs> There's one which is like a baby sleeping on a pumpkin with like the kind of pumpkin flower on its back, and it looks like it. It, it looks like the pumpkin is in the process of devouring it. Yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, look, okay. we've discussed this already. Uh, the early two thousands, late nineties was a very strange time culturally, and it. Oh, I see. It, they're like they're like just... paintings. I thought they were photographs. No, they are photos. They're definitely photos. Oh, yeah, I don't they? care for that. They kind of have this sort of like uncanny valley, like Trump lawyer quality to them rather than looking like a photo almost. Is that how you pronounce that? That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. It is how, indeed. How have you been saying it? <laughs> don't get a lot of French around these parts, got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you let the funky music do the talking, of course. <laughs> you know, I never thought I'd wrap this around into a Girls Aloud reference, but here we are. I was going to say, so- I was gonna say something about... I was going to say something about uh, Donald Trump, but I decided not to. Oh, I mean, I respect that instinct. Yeah, but then mm. I said it anyway, yeah. so so I so I in, in many ways she's worth all possible worlds. She's putting babies in pumpkins, folks. It's perverse. It's wrong. Okay, you see a baby in a pumpkin, you think, "What's going on there? What's that doing?" It's pathetic. Okay, I, I personally, I would never be in a pumpkin. Uh, so meanwhile. She should call herself Anne Gordas. There you go. Because of the gourds, yes. Yeah, because she loves the gourds. Because of the gourds. <laughs> yeah. uh, Elaine is in, uh, is in the limo with Yuri Testikov, Russian author. As she decides to venture her, the original title of uh, War and Peace was <laughs> War, What Is It Good For? Uh, Testikov kind of bristles at this, and then he hears her organizer beeping and gets furious about the noise and throws it out of the window. Um. We then cut to the beach where Kramer is like trying to hit golf balls and missing them and getting very furious. Um, we then cut back to Jerry's apartment uh, where George is uh, mad about Jerry saying that he was a marine biologist. He's like, it's, it's not up my alley. I know my alleys. Why couldn't you say I was an architect? I've always wanted to pretend to be an architect. Um, and Okay, so interjection. What are you two's fake jobs? Oh, great question. <sighs> architect actually isn't a fucking bad one in terms of like being able to carry off that lie. I get, I'm sympathetic to George there because no one's going to be like, oh, what are buildings made of? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting because it's artistic, but it's specialized enough that it's like, you know, people will just be like, oh, have you seen. Frank Lloyd Wright stuff, and you'd be like, "Of course, I fucking have. I'm an architect." And you mm. storm out, you yeah, know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a bad one. I, yeah, I think I'd go. I think I'd go army officer. I th- no one, no one can call you <laughs> on that. You know, or, or in Britain, okay. certainly hardly anyone. The amount of people here who've done military service is like basically no one. You can talk absolute mm-hmm. shit. Um, I've absorbed mm-hmm. enough military terminology over the years that I reckon I could like pull it off. <laughs> And it's an excuse to do the kind of like, you know, the chaps. It's it's really is it's a privilege to command your blokes, you know? Um <laughs> that voice. Uh to what end, Milo? Like to get punched in the nose or oh, like- I don't know to what end. No, I think to like uh, if you're at the right kind of like Kensington dinner party and you're just sure, trying sure, to sure, like sure. you're just trying to shit everyone up, I think. 
I was about to say that I've, I've never actually lied about what I do, but that is absolutely untrue in that <laughs> I routinely pretend that I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I don't have one. Don't listen to it. I certainly don't record one every Wednesday evening. Don't ask me where I go. What, 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 what is a podcast? Um, my fake, my fake job is choreographer. Oh, that's good. Because, because very few people know anything about yeah. dance yeah. and so they they maybe just know just about know enough to like ask you what style and they can't ask you, you to dance because you you, then you'd be like no i'm the choreographer you dance yeah i'm the choreographer yeah. i i designed the I dances just, i used yeah, to be a dancer i destroyed but my I'm body at my age 13 in thir- my 30s mm. now so i'm retired yeah. Yeah. so now i'm a choreographer yeah 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 that's right um and that's my fake job when they ask you what style do you have an answer contemporary ballet contemporary ballet great oh mm. that's brilliant great answer and again, unless you know about contemporary ballet, you know fuck all about contemporary Absolutely. ballet. There's no, there's no like kind of broad general knowledge about it. Mm. So like, unless you get really unlucky, yeah, 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 and then you're just like, oh, which company? Then then you're fucked. Yeah. But that's the, that's the um, risky li- run, right? A, li- a little while ago, that's the game, um, ben. That's, the, <laughs> that's living life on the edge li- of being a liar. <laughs> A little while ago, I bumped into somebody that I had known for that I had known at school. I didn't know her very well at school, and I didn't like and I didn't like her that much. I didn't like her that much. She was fine. She just she's a very different person. Think there's from any me chance she listens to life. this podcast? Absolutely zero right. chance. Um, Not least because Phoebe tells she everyone was like she's the, a choreographer. <laughs> and she was the and she was there like kind of like kind of wrangling her three kids, and she did this whole kind of like oh so like what are you up to now? And this is when I was. Um, doing comedy writing at the BBC. And I didn't want to say like, oh, I'm like writing cheap gags about Boris Johnson for Radio 4. So I completely panicked. It was also, I had been day drinking Uh and I told her I'd been in prison. (laughs) I love that you thought that actually being in prison was less embarrassing than writing gags for Radio 4. No, look, I've had jobs like that. I I sympathize. I thought it was was a conversation finisher. (laughs) You know what, Phoebe? It is 100% a conversation finisher. a conversation finisher. What did you say you were in for? No, that would be such a conversation no. starter for me. I would be like, okay, hang on. I agree. I would say, Jesus, what'd you do? She no, did not. I think most people would be like, well, it's good to see you and then leave. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to remove my kids from your vicinity. <laughs> like, I think the worst bit about it was that she didn't say, God, that's so surprising. She was just sort of kind of had a look on her face like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Oh, um, oh yeah. I, just won, I just won 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you finally killed him, did you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I wouldn't recommend that as your panic answer, but choreographer is a great one. I was once at a party and I got chatting to this a girl there who's just like a kind of like a, a, a person who knew the person who was hosting the party, but who I'd never met before. Um, and she was telling me that she was a post woman. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's interesting. I'm like, you don't you don't often meet someone who works for the post. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, of course, at the moment, um, I'm going back to university because I want to change career. And I'm like, oh, OK, so what do you want to change career to? And then she goes, I want to be a prison guard. And I just and I just reflectively went. You're going back to university for that? (laughs) But I was just kind of, and she's like, yeah, I really want to help people. And I was just like, by being a prison guard? And she was getting so offended. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to be like, I wasn't remotely condescending about you working for the post. It's not about the the class orientation. It's more about the fact that it's a prison guard. (laughs) And she was adamant that like prison guard is like a noble profession. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm not sure once you get into a prison, I'm not sure you're going to find that that's true. No, I think you're not. 
Um, my was a prison guard who guarded Ian Huntley, and oh. for whatever and um, for whatever reason was always at great pains to point out that he had really good manners. He was like, "Yeah, well, scumbag, obviously scumbag. He should hang, but." <laughs> He's very, very polite. And I was just like, what are you telling us this in service to? Like, what are we supposed to do with this information? So there you go. <laughs> Huntley facts. Mm. I, I'm, I'm really Huntley glad that I was able to hear about at least one notorious uh, British serial killer on this podcast. We, you, we really, uh, you know, you miss the gentleman pedophiles now. You see, yeah, the ones he got these days, he's got no manners. <laughs> Uh, no manners at all. But Ian Huntley, I tell you, a real gentleman. As far as I know, Huntley was just a murderer and not necessarily a paedophile. Again, like this is not how you got to hand it to Ian. It Huntley, does sound like, like no. you know, Milo's handed <laughs> well, it murdered, to the Nazis. He murdered two kids. Didn't <laughs> he handed yeah. it to Ian Huntley. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to evenly distribute <laughs> it. The two sort of cancel each other <laughs> I don't out. Think that's um, true. We'll get on to Harold Shipman in a minute. <laughs> Now, say what you like about Ian Huntley, but he was staunchly not a Nazi. <laughs> Look, he I, may I have had I his... Don't, I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> no, it's quite possibly not true, but... It, it doesn't strike me as being a Nazi would be particularly in Ian Huntley's wheelhouse. I feel like it's probably a bit out of his kind of, like, general orbit of activity. Mm-hmm. But, out um, of his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, not that he would be, like, particularly against it, but I can't imagine him being particularly for it either. It just strikes me as something wouldn't be in his interest. So, so okay, wait, hang on, I need to write this down. So, Ian Huntley, <laughs> neutral on Nazism. That's that's, that's, Ian Huntley is the, the, is the Switzerland of psychopaths, yeah. Of the show, okay. <laughs> imagine, okay. imagine getting sued by Ian Huntley for suggesting <laughs> so look, that he's I, neutral look, on I, the Nazis. Look, I am a fucking Nazi, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I converted People in prison. Always- when people think of Ian Huntley, they're always talking about the murdering children, but they never think about the fact that I'm also a Nazi. Um, or cool. about his tapestries. No, that's very true. <laughs> Ian Huntley collaborating with Kate Bush. Um, so, uh, well, legally, Kate Bush is not collaborating with Ian Huntley. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then George is saying about Diane, maybe she likes me for me. Uh, Kramer comes in, he's furious about all of his bad golf drives. Kicks his golf clubs. It's so good. Yeah, he's he's mad that he's got he's got sand everywhere. He's like he's like shaking his shoes out and stuff. He's like, I'm full of sand. Um, and uh, then Jerry gets a call and finds out that a woman on the street was hit in the head by Elaine's organizer as it was ejected from the limo by uh, Yuri Testikov. We then cut to the cafe and so this what woman follows is there. Is a short Jerry. propaganda film for the NHS. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so basically, like, the, this woman found Jerry's name in the organizer, so she called him to try and track down whose organizer it is. Um, she's complaining about, like, what else, getting hit in the head. What else is that actor in? Oh, she it's, so um, familiar. oh, God, what's her name? It's uh, Carol, um, Carol Kane, who's mm. in... Keep she's talking. Carol Kane's sister. Annie Hall. She's in... Oh, okay, yep, Princess Bride... She's yep. in Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, is I she, think she might is be she in- Miracle Max's wife in Princess Bride? Yeah, I think I think mm. so. I th- she was um I think like I think she's probably was she an SNL person maybe? Also maybe one of once Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Time? I don't know, let's find out. Let's find out. Oh, she was in Taxi. Mm. Uh, and probably as a result of that Man on the Moon. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Milo, you're telling us the plot. Um, yes, sorry, uh, I was doing that. 
Um, so yeah, this woman's moaning about getting hit in the head. She had to go to the hospital. It cost her some money. So she's like trying to track it down. And then she's like, yeah, someone told me it was thrown out of a limousine. And then Jerry's like, ah, oh, typical rich people, you know, just doing whatever they want. He's like, who would I even know who's been in a limousine? And then he's like, oh, um, realizing what's happened here. Um, outside Kramer's apartment, Elaine is complaining about the organizer and how it made loads of noise. Um, and then now it's been lost and she doesn't have any... Um, of her like diary or anything because she threw it all away that that to me is unwise <laughs> um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and then yeah, in the I, corridor... I still can't fully digitize myself i, I like i mm. still need like paper to do lists and a paper diary maybe cannot fully jack in um no 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 I, no, no, no i refuse to fully plug into the matrix they won't get me there's a last last bit of human battery and they won't get it yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's inspiring Thank you. stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so uh, <laughs> she then c- confronts Jerry in the corridor. She's mad at him telling her that war, what is it good for, was the original title of War and Peace. <laughs> she explains how furious this made uh, the uh, the Russian author. And then uh, she's like, and you'll never guess what happens next. And he's like, he threw your organizer out of the window. Um, and then she's like, how do you know that? So then he explains. And then he's like, why don't you get him to pay the hospital bill? You know, he's got this like $1 million book deal. Cut to the beach and George is walking on the beach with Diane and he's explaining about octopus. <laughs> I like the idea that George <laughs> has done a lot of research in order to keep this lie up, which mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah. I think she should hand it to him. Look, he's like me. He respects I, a yeah, good lie. Like, I think of all the people that it has had it handed to them so far in this podcast, George Costanza <laughs> yeah. is probably the most deserving. Yeah. We're always handing it to George Costanza. Yeah, gotta hand it to George Costanza. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you simply must. Yeah, and then so then they're at the Russian guy's hotel, and uh, Jerry and Elaine, along with this woman, have kind of cooked up a sort of sting operation to record him admitting that he threw the organizer out of the thing and get him to uh, agree to pay the hospital bill. This is, this is a um, terrible plan, by yeah, the way. Like it, it makes no like, sense. Even if they record him admitting it, that doesn't mean he's going to agree to pay the. Why would he agree to pay the, somebody else's hospital bill? Mm. Yeah, it 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 makes. I mean, look. The plots are silly and often they have holes, yeah. but this one really yeah. struck me. What the fuck <laughs> yeah, are you come doing? On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then we we get this bit on the beach where George is um, now. I, I wrote these notes written down, and it can't. This can't be what I've written, but what it appears to say is jousting. <laughs> Not well. Um, it has been twenty four hours since I watched it, so it's, t- it's possible that I've forgotten the jousting element of this jousting. episode, but. It's something that he was saying on the beach. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it was, the, the, we get more scene from the beach. Um, and uh, then they're, they're in the Russian guy's room. Uh, he's like uh, furious in general. He's just being very angry. Um, uh, the uh, the woman the, who got hit by the organizer is downstairs in the lobby. She gets thrown out because uh, she keeps beeping. Um, I'm not sure what it is of hers that keeps beeping. Like She's another got item. the organizer. It's the organizer. She's oh, got the right, organizer. Yeah, of course. Right, here we go. Then back at the beach, uh, there's like a dying beached whale and someone yells out, is anyone here a marine biologist? Right. Now, this was my problem with this episode. You would not need a marine biologist to, like, you, you would need, like, a vet or someone. Like, a marine biologist is... A vet? Yeah, like... What, you think you can go to the vet on the corner with a fucking whale? I don't know about a vet on the... <laughs> one, the one who looks at cats and budgies. <laughs> they probably deal with fish, you know, and other... Ma- it's a mammal. You know you know, I'm, they, not, yeah. I'm not sure they do. 
You can't like bring like you can't even like bring like a fish in a tank to the vet. To return to an earlier discussion, I don't like. I think they you couldn't bring a fucking sick rhino. Sorry to make you think about a sick rhino, but like. Like, well, like a really good they're, they're, rhino. That's a fucking sick yeah, rhino. Yeah, this is my sick rhino. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, but look yeah. at him. Look how cool he is. It's He's be- on a, a skateboard. A bedazzled rhino. Yeah. Sick rhino is uh, the leading Australian brand of skatewear. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I think it's perfectly reasonable under the circumstances just to cry out, is anyone here a marine Yeah, I, no, 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 I agree. You wouldn't say a is voice anyone crying here- out in the darkness. Is anyone here a vet? Like, yeah, what's a vet going to do? Say like, well, I put it on like a lead and drag it to my office. Marine, <laughs> marine biologists study the, the, like, you know, the, the sea. They don't, they're not like, they're not there as, they're not like medical, you know, they're not like emergency whale rescue. They are, like, they are sea paramedics. <laughs> paramedics, yeah. They are, don't let me they are the paramedics of the sea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick your stuff. They will nick um, your stuff. Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Phoebe and I have a running bit on the show that paramedics aren't to be trusted. Um, <laughs> and they're just trying to steal your stuff while you're unconscious. And this was during a, uh, a pandemic you were doing? Yeah. <laughs> nothing against, uh, nothing against uh, doctors and nurses, just, par- just paramedics <laughs> specifically. I absolutely respect that. I got to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unl- unlike Ian Huntley, they don't have manners. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, so they're back in the guys' hotel room. That Jerry and Elaine are explaining about the organizer. Um, and uh, they're recording him. But then the recorder makes a noise. He gets very furious about the noise. He throws the recorder out of the window, and it hits Karen, the woman who's previously been hit in the head. In the head. Why is he supposed to be so extraordinarily misophonic? Is it because he's been in the gulag? Yeah, mm. I thought again. Maybe there's like a missing. Bit there that something happened in the gulag where he can't tolerate sounds or whatever. He can't tolerate beeps because because yeah. this is the thing. Like um, because whenever you hear recordings of Stalin's voice, um, they used an actor to make him sound more like more imposing. He actually just spoke mm. in a series of small beeps and uh, not just like not, yeah, a lot, well, <laughs> not a lot of people know that. Well, a lot of that was because he was a robot. Yeah, so. yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's what they couldn't find out, et cetera. That's, that's why yeah. he was called Stalin because he was literally the steel boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Stalin mm-hmm. was actually an early draft of Asimo. Mm-hmm. Um, he yep. could do a little dance. He could go up and down stairs. You know, they yeah. loved Stalin. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think it is very like it's very classic like elderly Russian person to be extremely curmudgeonly about yeah. like bizarre mm-hmm. things. I th- I thought I thought the what, what you've told me about elderly Russian people when he sort of says that like God spoke to um, uh, Tolstoy through his pen. Um, I thought that sounded very like how you describe the curmudgeonly Russians that you have met in your time. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. also like, it's a very classic, like, I mean, like the Russian, like, I think Russia is one of these countries where like, they sort of know it's a bit shit. Um, and so the entire like, uh, kind of fabric of Russian society is designed around kind of propagandizing the idea that like Russia is nevertheless the greatest country on earth. And so like, Every like almost every I mean, Russian I mean, I've like, ever culturally, it's not bad. Like, what do we have? We have explaining who Michael Barrymore is to Americans. No, that's fun though. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't forget Harold Shipman. And Harold We've also Shipman. got Harold We've also Shipman. Got Harold and Shipman. he killed 
Jesus Christ, did he kill a he lot of people. He killed a lot yeah. of people. I didn't realize until a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. How, just how many. I mean, it wasn't like prior to that I thought he was a good guy. <laughs> but like, well, I he did had not of course. realize. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, those old um, people wouldn't have trusted I, him if he wasn't polite. <laughs> I am, um, whenever me and my wife are watching something and there's a Russian character in it, my wife is, my wife was born in the USSR mm. um, and speaks Russian at home. Uh, not in this, not in this, it sounds like I don't not allow it. Not in this house, she doesn't. <laughs> but she speaks to her mother and her grandmother in Russian every mm. day. Uh, and I have a very fun thing for me and annoying thing for her, where as soon as somebody Russian comes on screen, I go, are they Russian? Um, and she has to sort of tell me if she thinks they sound Russian. And she thinks that guy might have been. Yeah, I think I think it's plausible. It, it's just, it's always easier if they actually get them to say something in Russian because in a lot of uh, American TV series, it's incredible getting like an American actor to say. I don't. Have you ever seen the Americans? I was I was gonna say when we tried to watch the Americans, me and Anya, I was really into it, and then the mm. first time, um, Kerry, what's her face, spoke Russian. And you just threw her hands up in the air and went, well, she mispronounced her own name. So I don't know what I meant to do with that. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, but, the, but then most of the. Does your little boy speak Russian? No, no. But because his grandmother, my wife's Although mother. Although refusing to shit is the most Russian thing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> really He's spiritually is. there. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's uh, He doesn't speak Russian but because his grandmother looks after him three days a week. He has a mm. little Russian accent. Um, but with no Russian language ability. A little Australian boy um, with a Russian accent who won't shit. Yeah. <laughs> Called Moses. You, you it's, will, a, it's a whole thing. You will thing. not break my spirit, grandmother. <laughs> it, re- it really is that. His, na- his name is Moses. That's adorable. Little, little Moses. Moses. That is, that's, yeah. that's really cute. He's probably shat the bed right now. I don't want to think about him. Shitting in that little basket. All right. Let's Schrodinger your child. If we don't think about it, then everything's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is Schrodinger's no, problem, <laughs> as is my understanding. Yeah, as is my yeah, as is Sh- mine. Schrodinger's uh, Russo Australian baby. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we uh, right, hang on. Yeah, so then we get a scene where Kramer is like still freaking out about the sand in his apartment, and he gets so frustrated he throws one of his shoes out of the window and it hits Newman. Um, because there's always there's always echoing that in the Seinfeld just, universe. Yeah. I mean, I think that one really was just like, we think this is funny. And Wayne Knight makes a funny old face when we put a camera <laughs> yeah. on him, so let's do yeah. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I like the fact that Wayne Knight was like pulled in for filming on that episode just to not even say anything, <laughs> just to kind of pull a face looking up in the air for like three but seconds. But again, Wayne Knight is... Wayne Knight is such a great example of someone who is in a completely different show. Like he's in a pantomime. Like when he walks down the street in that bit, he's literally going, doop, 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 doop. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Uh, no, I've is, st- there's I've, a lot going okay, on. None of this is a criticism. Like, I, have, all I have started doing that. I started singing to myself. <laughs> I've got- mm, um, like a little medieval king. Well, no, because- uh, uh, Milo, did, you, did George tell you about- about the the tiny king walk. Oh yeah, he very my much new, did. Yeah, my new thing. Okay, so um, one of the things that I like to do to torture my partner, yeah, tiny king Phoebe Roy, who is a very who is a very 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 patient man. Um, the, is, the long-suffering <laughs> George. The long-suffering George is. I like to ask him questions like, if I swapped bodies with a warthog, would you still love me, etc. Like that kind of thing. Great question. Great question. Mm-hmm. Great question. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And my new thing is, if I started walking like a tiny cartoon mm-hmm. king, so like with yep. your kind of chest kind of backwards and kind of puffed up like that, 
And then with a little bit of a... Oh, Phoebe, with the greatest of respect, I'm not a fucking idiot. I know what yeah, the yeah. walk Tiny is. Yeah, tiny medieval king walk. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. We've, okay, all, we've okay. all seen the... Uh, we've all seen, we've all seen the, the tiny, tiny cartoon, cartoon king. king. Okay, so, <laughs> he was, so he had a lot of kind of follow-up questions, but I've started to notice that I sometimes find myself doing this walk without really knowing that I'm doing it. And I've definitely started oh, like kind of doing lots of like tumty tum kind of songs like around the house <laughs> oh, no. and de- and also if I am out for a walk and um I have because I do think that just being in England increases your risk of saying tumty tum as you walk yeah, along like it's so like a, yeah, you're already yeah, yeah, in no, the I mean, kind no, of no, there's like there's mm. something there's something in both the air and the water supply that does make us do this kind of <laughs> oh, it seeps into your brain. It's like um, when Nate started saying stuff like in it. Yeah, there's no, no, yeah, like, there's no, him. yeah, I heard him say quid the other day and it sounded really yeah. weird. Um, 30 quid. 30 quid. Yeah, it's yeah, very, very funny. Um, Do you have change for a 10 bob note? And, I've, <laughs> and also, if I am doing any task around the house, I sing a little song, which is mm. the Inspector huh? Gadget theme tune, but I replace mm? Gadget with Phoebe. So I just say, uh-huh. Inspector Phoebe. And I used to just do okay. this when I was doing something electronic or kind of gadget-based, but now I do it when I'm doing <laughs> sure. any task. <laughs> because Inspector Gadget, you know, he was more than that. Yeah. He didn't only do gadget-based tasks. He, sometimes he was just making a carbonara. Sometimes, you know? sometimes he was like cleaning yeah. all the mirrors he, he, in the house. Yeah, well, the man, the man had downtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Just that, we're doing, just that there weren't ex- explicit episodes about Not explicit in that way, but, uh, you know. Oh, I fucking. I think it's fine, yeah. Phoebe. I think it's Thank fine. You. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. But, but then again, I have a toddler, and yeah. so, like, I have no <laughs> understanding of what acceptable yeah. behavior okay. is at okay. all. Is Inspector Gadget really good in bed or really bad in bed? I feel like it goes one way or the other. It depends what gadgets yeah, he has that either, day. Or do you think they're, like, he yeah. has to, like, equip and de They're not, like, all in there permanently. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's either the most mind-blowing sex of your life or, or carnage. Yeah, there's like a car <laughs> jammy going sort of on your forehead for some reason. <laughs> I think the difference I think the, the difference between a good sexual experience with Inspector Gadget and a bad sexual experience with Inspector Gadget is like how enthusiastic he is on like any given day. Because I think that if he sure. is too enthusiastic, mm. Then you're gonna you're gonna get into get into trouble. Well, he loses control over his gadgets in that yeah. point. His chainsaw yeah, comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want that. Also, you don't want to anger Inspector Gadget. Also, Inspector Gadget is a cop. Unfortunately, A Cab does include Inspector Gadget. Uh, so that's right. Yeah, I, that's so, true. I thought he was a private detective, but he's not. Is he? He's a, he's a member of the yeah, police. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wouldn't sleep with him out of out of uh, principle. There you go. Okay. That's uh. Finally, <laughs> finally, uh, a moral code for the yeah. podcast. There we go. Um, we, <laughs> we do not hand it to Inspector Gadget. Um, we come back to the beach. Um, they're calling on George to go and save the whale, and he starts wading into the water. We then cut to the cafe, and he's explaining, and he's like, as I started wading into the water, at that moment, I was a marine biologist. I sort of know what he's talking about here. Yeah. He's rising to the occasion. Also, I think this is one of the best Costanza bits of the whole show, when he doesn't, mm. like... He, this he monologue. Absolutely, he, com- he absolutely commits to it, and he wait, he mm. rolls up his, his trousers, and he wades into the sea. Like, mm. that, yeah. to me, is beautiful. That to me is Russian yeah, literature. That. That's what that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, the sea was angry that day, like an old man sending back his soup. 
Can I tell you that that is probably up there with like my favorite Seinfeld jokes of all time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. It's it, this is a very vivid monologue. I think he's like, yeah, the great beast let out a howl, and I said, easy, big fella. <laughs> um, and then he pulls out a golf ball out of the out of the blowhole, and turns out to be one of Kramer's g- golf balls. And Kramer's like, oh, hole in one. That is that such a beautiful piece of physical acting. What the flourish yeah. that with which he brings out the golf ball it's fucking beautiful it feels like the it feels like the end of a magic yeah. trick you yeah. know what mm. i mean like it, it's, is this your golf ball yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was this golf ball mm. yeah rebecca vardy yeah. amazing and then his limp slowly disappears and i don't know if you needed the the post credits thing like no. it was, except for bringing back golden boy yeah and yeah. Like it's funny because the they, the need to be like oh yeah and then I told her and she left me it's like we know that was going to happen George yeah. like but surely it, the discovery that he's not a marine biologist but out of commitment to the bit he went and successfully rescued a whale by by pure improvisation surely that's more impressive yeah you think so yeah but you know but this, women am this I is right the sort of woman we're dealing yeah. with here yeah women. Like yeah. also, like, because let's face it, this woman is a bit of a piece of shit anyway. Because all she can think about when she's hearing about Costanza is, oh, like what, a, like what a dumbass, what a goof off, blah, blah, blah. and as soon yeah, as she exactly. hears, she's status as obsessed. As soon as she hears mm. that he's like a sea paramedic, then he's also she's all suddenly like, oh, now I like him. Like she's yeah. just, she's just, she's just a turncoat, in, is that woman? So I'm not surprised Absolutely. at all uh, um, at her reaction. So fuck her, fuck Diane. Yeah. Fuck Diane, no yeah. good. She's not worthy of Costanza. Um, yeah, and then we we have this like the weird throwaway return to like the uh, yeah the golden boy didn't make it out of the laundry. Um, I, yeah. I, I doubt the t shirt would have been completely destroyed in the laundry. It's like a strange. You know, I got to say it, it wasn't in tatters at the time. It did occur to me that that, that was a bit of a leap, but it's post credit, so yeah. I kind of forgive it because it's not the real yeah. show. Yeah, it's an, it's now technically your show. I'm technically a guest, and you failed to control me. Yeah, it's not. It's, um, an, it's an addendum. It's marginalia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then George is complaining about the sand. It was added you know. by a medieval monk. Yeah, that's right. This could be this could be like a you know like an English literature essay, like you know the uh, the depictions of sand in the show Seinfeld. It's interesting the moments when sand mm-hmm. appears in the show are often at moments of tension and conflict and failure, <laughs> um, and the sand is somewhat of a metaphor for the the you know the character's own kind of psychological bugbears. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. they're tormented by the sand, but really the sand is in their own head. Again, Tolstoy. Yeah, Tolstoy. there we go. Well, Tolstoy would just be like spend four pages describing a curtain. Like that would be <laughs> that. That was what I was going to say about Russians is that they love saying like Russian literature is the greatest literature on earth. And it's like, first of all, you've only got like three guys, and like, yeah. but they they are good guys. They're, de- they're decent guys. That's the thing about it. they don't have like a canon of anything. They have like a with, no. with Russia, they have like they have like one thing of everything. Like it's always like we have like guys who write like epic novels, and we've got like three of them. We don't have any guys who write like regular novels or like there's there's no there's no like there's no light and shade yeah. to it as a like we have guys who write books either about they curtains or like there is no there is no Russian Richard Osmond as far as I'm aware <laughs> there's no Russian Dan Brown <laughs> um, it's such a cliche but like when whenever my whenever Anya is like trying to describe something to me and she's like ah fuck there's a word in Russian for this but there isn't in English it is always like a very specific kind of sadness that she's trying to convey <laughs> <laughs> like sadness or anger or disappointment oh yeah that, that is incredibly sadness. accurate 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably more. Yeah. They are the Inuit of sadness. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I think that, that about tears it, doesn't it? Um, I think it's yeah. we've done it. We've done a relatively timely episode for once. Yeah. Came to it and we made it work. Um, it, it reminds me to thank Ben. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for uh, letting, for, forcing me to, to rewatch uh, this episode because I hadn't seen it in years and it was such a joy and it was such a joy to talk to you guys about it. Oh, it was great. I, and I really hope you're not going to find a horrible shit based situation when we wrap up the recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, like, honestly, if I don't go downstairs, it hasn't happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's a shit situation. I think that's good parenting. I think that's good parenting. Um, yeah, that's right. Leave them to it. They've got to learn sooner or later. Con- <laughs> actions have consequences. Um, yeah, uh, Ben, is there anything you'd like to plug to our loyal hawks? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, if you've uh, heard the episode with Michael, you've now heard the whole um, hosting team of Freedom of Good Home. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast where we go through classifieds. Uh, Craigslist, uh, Gumtree. Now it's just sort of text on the internet, uh, mm. and uh, and we chat about them with a guest, and it's super fun. And uh, you can find it at uh, Free to a Good Home if you type that into wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. I, I know Phoebe's a big fan of Free to a Good I, Home. I, I am. I like it very much. It's very very good. Well, thank you very much. This is an earnest podcast recommendation. It is, yeah. It's not just a kind of like, yeah, so uh, give that a This isn't a polite recommendation. This isn't a hand it to Ian Huntley type recommendation. This is a real... This is, yeah, this is the real deal. I don't don't feel like 100% uh, sort of comfortable being in the the kind of group of people who've had things handed to them this this episode, but I I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Well, can you imagine who we're not handing it to? I mean, Christ alive. (laughs) The bar is low, my friend. Um, And if you're listening to this hey we have a patreon you can subscribe to it it's three dollars a month for the regular bonus episodes it's five dollars a month if you want the discord and also the monthly movie corner where uh this month we had on uh michael hing ben's co-host from freedom good home to talk about the film donnie darko um mr donald darko (laughs) (laughs) um uh, a man uh who has made the easter bunny goth so uh do check that out and otherwise we will see you very soon bye-bye bye